Hi, I'm Charlie Hardy, and in 2014, I ran for the U.S. Senate. I mean, literally, I ran. <laughs> run with me. Anyone else want to run with me? Charlie refused to accept donations from special interests, and he supported a constitutional amendment to get money out of politics. We have legalized bribery, we have legalized corruption going on in Washington. He argued for a $15 minimum wage and for universal health care. His opponent was an 18-year incumbent who had a $3 million war chest, most of it coming from PACs. That is Charlie Hardy, one-time priest and senatorial candidate, talking with filmmaker Reed Lindsay. Hello and welcome to a special membership drive edition of The Film Show on KBU. I'm S.W. Concer, and I am delighted to have both Charlie Hardy and Reed Lindsay here in the studio today. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for inviting us. Thank you. Uh, Reed has a new documentary film called Charlie and versus Goliath that's screening here in Portland, and we'll be finding out more about that project in just a few minutes. Uh, but first, we have another special guest here in the studio, an old friend of the show, and uh, she's back again to tell us all about this year's Portland Eco Film Festival coming to the Hollywood Theater. Dawn Smallman, thanks for joining us again. Always fun to be here. Thanks, Conch. And you have some very special events planned as part of the Eco Film Festival, including your opening night premiere. Um, regular listeners to Cable will know that environmental activist and Green Party candidate Winona LaDuke is in town right now along with Carrie Pickett, director of the documentary First Daughter and the Black Snake. Yeah, we're excited to open the festival tonight with Carrie and Winona being our special guests for this year's fest. Kicks off at 7 p.m. tonight. If folks are interested in catching that film, we would advise you to pick up tickets quick because they are going super fast um, since they did their awesome interview here on KBU yesterday with y'all. Um, and uh, we're going through the weekend. We're showing 19 different films. Interestingly, this year, out of the 19 films, half of them have, are directed by women. 40% are directed by Pacific Northwest filmmakers. And we're at the Hollywood Theater all weekend, so come on out and see great films. We also have tons of conservation organizations and outdoor recreation organizations that will be attending the screening along with filmmakers so you can really connect with people and we hope folks will come out. So you've just been growing and expanding your reach for about five years now, I guess. Yep, we're fifth year. And there's a lot of uh, fun films for adventure seekers as well coming up, I think, uh, later in the weekend. Yeah, tomorrow night we've got outdoor uh, recreation kind of paradise triple slate of films. One about rock climbing, one about big old growth tree climbers, and another one about where you can go in the universe to get to the darkest skies where you can see the most of the galaxies. And then we also on Saturday night have a really great world premiere. Uh, Shane Anderson, who is a Washington State filmmaker, has made a film called A River's Last Chance about the effects of the cannabis economy on the Eel River and wine and um, all the kind of things vying for water down at the California's Eel River. And uh, we have uh, animal uh, lovers films and gardening and horticultural lovers films. So we have a wide range of stuff for folks. Sounds like a lot of local Pacific Northwest content. Uh, you also have some international content? We we do have some international content. We've got an amazing film called Sila and the Gatekeepers of the Arctic, and it's um, all shot in the uh, Inuit village northernmost in the uh, in the, inside the Arctic Circle, and it's about the collaboration between traditional Inuit um, views of climate change and climate scientists who work out of that base to be able to observe firsthand climate change. That's a beautiful one. 
So this is your big long weekend starting Thursday night, but you also have events all year round as part of the Ecofilm Festival. That's true. We think there's enough important environmental conversations that we want to be engaging the community year round. You like to bring people in from all over the country, and I, I think now is it was it one of your uh, was it one of your shows that you had. Um, um, Naomi Klein coming. We we did have mm-hmm. Naomi Klein visit a couple of years ago with her film. So we're really interested in environmental conversations, whether they're political, whether they're sort of nature recreation based, or whether they're just you know pure uh, cinema love. Like we're showing Chinatown, uh, which is probably the greatest film ever made about the fight for our city's water supply. We're going to be showing that this weekend. That's right. That's a classic from the 1970s. Robert Town script and. Uh, uh, just, uh, just we're considered one of the most amazing American screenplays, uh, and definitely based on a true story, but uh, but uh, with some um, narrative, uh, you know, taking a few liberties along the way. Yep. Um, Okay, once again, how can our listeners find out more about these events? They can uh, visit our website at portlandecofilmfest.org, or they can find us through the Hollywood Theater's website, hollywoodtheater.org, and we're a project of the Hollywood Theater, so you can always access us that way. We're on Facebook. Um, Yeah, just Google Portland Eco Film Festival, and you'll find us. All right, Don Smallman is the director of the Portland Eco Film Festival. Don, thanks for stopping by. Thanks, Conch. Thanks, KB listeners. And in just a minute, we will be talking with Reed Lindsay and Charlie Hardy about the new documentary film called Charlie vs. Goliath. Uh, but first, I'd like to jump in and mention that we do have tickets available to both the Portland Eco Film Festival at the Hollywood Theater, tonight's screening of um, First Daughter, and to the Northwest Film Festival screening this very evening also. Uh, you've got two choices to go to of Charlie vs. Goliath. And for you serious film buffs, we also have a pass that will get you into all the events at the upcoming Northwest Filmmakers Festival. These are all available as thank you gifts in our fall membership drive, but just a warning, they may not last for long. Uh, We are currently in the final day of the drive, so this is an ideal time to call in toll-free at 877-500-KBOO and become a member of your community radio station especially since everyone who joins in today at 877-500-KBOO or kboo.fm gets entered into a daily prize drawing. Today's prize is a fabulous local entertainment package that somebody is going to win that could be you. It includes uh, four admissions to the Hollywood Theater along with four popcorns and many, many other goodies. Uh, Keep your fork, there's pie. So if you've been enjoying the programming this morning, talk to one of our volunteers and find out more about KBU membership. 877-500-KBOO. And now, let's hear a few highlights from the upcoming documentary film, Charlie vs. Goliath. We want to take a look now at the driving force behind the 2016 campaign, money. The Federal Election Commission just released the campaign fundraising numbers. 47 million. 85 million. 119 million. Over 180 million dollars. 900 million dollars. Well over a billion dollars. Each. On each side. Each. Yeah. It's hard to even know what to make of these numbers. Elections are bought and sold now by billionaires. The average citizens look at this and say, where do I fit into this? Can you win an election when you're so greatly outspent? Or is that over? Dear Charlie, Hope you're doing okay. Sorry I can't do better for helping. I am in a very low income. This woman had like a $900 a month social security check and she sent me $100. I mean, again, it blows your mind. 
That was a medley of clips from the film Charlie vs. Goliath. Uh, you're listening to The Film Show on KBU. I'm S.W. Concer. And I'm here in the studio with filmmaker Reed Lindsay and political activist uh, Charlie Hardy. Uh, Charlie, I heard a couple of familiar voices in that montage, one recent presidential hopeful in particular. Uh, yes. Uh, first of all, thank you for inviting us to be here. Oh, and you. hello to everyone in Portland, Oregon. Um, yes, uh, Bernie Sanders talks for a few moments there. Um, when I was running, some people said that I was the Bernie Sanders of Wyoming. I like to think that Bernie Sanders was the Charlie Hardy of the United States, <laughs> you know, just to keep things kind of in perspective, my perspective. Uh -huh. Did you uh, get to touch um, base with, with Bernie along the way? Uh, you know, I have not. I was invited to introduce his wife, uh, Jane, when she spoke in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Okay. But I haven't met him personally. So this is a documentary about a Senate race in Wyoming back in 2014. Uh, Wyoming is about as red a state as you can get. And 2014 was the year when the Senate switched over from Democratic to Republican control. Not a race that would attract too many of the Vegas odds makers for, uh, for your part. Yes. Wyoming is very Republican. Uh, there hasn't been a Democrat in the Senate or U.S. Senate or House for almost 40 years now. Now, uh, was this the Senate race where Dick Cheney's daughter, Liz, jumped into the Republican field, however briefly? Yes, she jumped in for a bit, and then I think she knew I was going to run, so she dropped out. <laughs> uh, no, uh, yes, she was in for a bit and uh, didn't get the backing of uh, many leaders in the Republican Party, and so she dropped out. Well, uh, Liz also had a sister, Mary Cheney, who got married in uh, 2012 to Heather Poe. And Mary has always been a bit of a troublemaker in the family. She introduced herself at a speaking event by saying, I'm Darth Vader's daughter. Okay. <laughs> yes. And so, anyway, Liz did drop out. She later came back, though, and ran for the U.S. House of Representatives in 2016 and, and did win that race. Partly because there were so many Republicans running against her that she really didn't even have to uh, uh, get 50% of the Republican primary. But now, I'm interested in finding out what motivated you to become a candidate in Wyoming and particularly to take on the big money establishment. You spent many, many years in Venezuela. Was that while you were still uh, in the Catholic clergy? Yes, it was, uh, it was really a privileged situation for me. I was given the privilege of living for eight years in a cardboard shack wow. without running water, without sewers. Uh, we would use newspaper to uh, go to the bathroom and so on because we didn't have water, toilets. Um, and uh, it, uh, it brought me into contact with the... the with fantastic, ordinary people. But I came back to the United States partly because of my concern of our foreign affairs. I think we've made more enemies around the world than friends. And so that's why I decided to get involved. We in Wyoming, I've said, are politically the most powerful people in the whole United States because we have two senators and a representative. And you get in to talk to them. And so through the years, I mean, uh, Dick Cheney, when he was U.S. representative, Saturday morning sat down with blue jeans in his office, on, and we talked. And Alan Simpson, uh, senator, I mean, right on the little train underneath the, 
the, from the office building, Congress, and so on. And so through the years in Wyoming, I've had contact with our U.S. representatives and legislators, but I wasn't able to get an appointment. I came back specifically for that in 2009, and I wasn't able to see them personally. And I woke up one morning, and I started, some years later, and thought, well, maybe I should just run for office. What surprised me when I got back to Wyoming, though, because I was living in South America, was the poverty in Wyoming. Uh, I, I was just in Caracas, Venezuela a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. and I was there for like... You, you, you go back to Venezuela every so often? Yes, I have a son there and his wife and they had a new baby. Um, but um, it may sound strange. I see more people on the street in Cheyenne, Wyoming, which has a population of about 50,000, than I saw on the streets of Caracas. Uh, even though the propaganda you get up here, the situation is not good in Venezuela. It's tough. It's tough. But I think we're overlooking how tough things are here in the United States, and that is what really, really shocked me. Uh, a church in Cheyenne, a Catholic church, has a food pantry. And the pastor said a couple of years ago they were giving out 500 bags of food or box of food a month. They're now up to 2,000. People, about 500 families a week, come for food, and they cannot come back twice. I mean, you can only come once a week. A, a, a town of 50,000 people and 500 are coming there, and there are other food pantries in other parts. Um, we should be ashamed of that. I, I mean, it sounds, you have to compliment the people of Cheyenne for providing this service, but at the same time, we should be ashamed that that's the situation in our country at this present moment. Things like in the county where I live, front page news article said that a single parent in Laramie County needs to earn $18.75 an hour to provide for a preschool child and uh, someone first, second grade. And that's in Wyoming, not in Manhattan. That, that's in Wyoming. And so someone's making $7 and a quarter. Uh, and one third of the households in Laramie County are single parent households, wow. mostly women. I mean, it's just, uh, it, it, it's horrible. I've been in Laramie. It's a beautiful place, and it, mm -hmm. it seems, you know, very down-to-earth, a very community-minded place. Um, you know, it sounds like part of what motivated your candidacy was the wall that politicians have been putting up in the past few years. It sounds like you have a grudging admiration for the old guard, like Alan Simpson and Dick Cheney, uh, whereas now politicians are running away from their own town halls. Well, and Dick Cheney at that time was a I would say a different Dick Cheney uh, <laughs> or or maybe he wasn't but <laughs> but Wyoming being in Wyoming was different uh, he eventually ended up in Texas he he really had to come back to Wyoming so he could run as vice president uh -huh. and, and some my sister would always call the radio station they'd say native son Dick Cheney he's not a native son of Wyoming he was born in Nebraska and so I think it's good to clarify that for any listeners. Dick Cheney was born in Nebraska, okay? And when, when, when Liz jumped into the race the same year that you did, she was called a carpetbagger. Well, she came back to Wyoming, actually got a fishing license that said she had lived in the state <laughs> for 10 years, and she had to pay a fine because she hadn't lived in Wyoming for 10 years. And uh, yeah, and her husband was still registered in Virginia uh, to vote there at the time, I think. Now, you met uh, with Reed, Lindsay, uh, in Mexico. Is that right? Reed was um, doing some work as a journalist, and uh, you crossed paths in Mexico before deciding to um, make a film together. Well, yeah, that's when I met Charlie about, uh, uh, but it was probably about 15 years ago. 
and it was a, at a conference, a journalism conference. And I was a journalist. I worked for many years in Latin America, and Charlie was doing a lot of writing um, in his post-priest career uh, in <laughs> Venezuela. And so we, we encountered each other and stayed in touch. And he, he called me up uh, in 2014, and he said that he was running for the U.S. Senate in Wyoming. And I said, you're crazy, Charlie. You're not a politician. You're way too honest. Um, but uh, I found it very interesting. He was talking a lot about money and politics. And uh, I thought I, that's an issue that I feel is of crucial importance. And this was 2014, so it was a couple years before Bernie ran. And uh, there just weren't a lot of candidates around the country running for higher office uh, who put that issue front and center. And Charlie was doing it. And I got real inspired by that and went out to Wyoming and ended up uh, uh, staying there and, and, and making the documentary film. You know, I heard uh, Jimmy Carter speak not too long ago about uh, how he could have never become president. He could have never even gotten nominated in today's world of PACs, super PACs, and high money uh, campaigns. I, I do want to say, though, that, uh, you know, if, if people are wondering if the film is, you know, a very dry uh, film about campaign finance reform and 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 politics, uh, it's actually, there are actually some very, very funny moments. I mean, the, the two of you have just some great absurdist uh, scenes in there, and, and one of them is the campaign bus. Uh, at the beginning, it's almost, it just reminded me of uh, almost a rock and roll road documentary. <laughs> I, I know if you saw that, you envied us. It was a <laughs> 1970s school bus, and uh, it we slept there, we ate there, uh, they even had AC power in there, so it was like our office, uh, and we traveled the state in that. Uh, oh, I, I, I really think anyone who sees that would would have to envy us the privilege of traveling Wyoming roads in an old school bus. Well, the, the scenery is fantastic. I mean, Reed has an amazing eye, and you really get the beauty of the North Country uh, from the film, but you you also just have incredible count encounters with ordinary Wyoming residents and voters along the way. Yes, it was uh, it was a surprise to me when I saw it. Uh, for like, uh, I think they had three to four hundred hours of filming, and wow. I would become aware of the fact I had a microphone on when I would go to the bathroom in the evening, and there were wires all over me and so on. But uh, you know, mentioning that about the scenery, it, people have been really, I would say, almost overwhelmed with the photography in this. Uh, Reed is incredible in that regard. And also, I would say incredible in that he was concerned about money and politics mm -hmm. before it was really an issue in the United States. People, even in Wyoming, said it's not an issue. No one's concerned about it and so on. And, and it's still one of those things. I don't think people realize the full impact of money and politics. But it was, um, it, it was, it was fun. Uh, there, there's moments, uh, a moment not in the movie. We saw a sign that said Yellowstone Park. And uh, one of the guys said, Yellowstone Park, uh, why don't we go there? Isn't there something in the Constitution about the right to bear votes? <laughs> okay. I mean, it was just like that, 24 hours a day. Uh, uh, kids singing the Bohemian Rhapsody. I had never heard the Bohemian Rhapsody before in my life. But can you imagine going down the road in Wyoming on a bus and these young, crazy people singing the Bohemian Rhapsody. Having was, Wayne's World moments there. It was, it was fantastic. Well, um, you apparently started to finance this campaign on your own credit cards. You wouldn't take corporate money, so uh, people did step up. 
Yeah, they they stepped up and uh, and uh, I, you know, coming from a re- religious background, I saw something, the will of God. Here's a special offer from this credit card company or whatever, <laughs> and so I thought, hey, we're going to be able to pay it off. And uh, but as I mentioned, you don't go through life fighting for something, and just because you think you might be in debt for the rest of your life, you stop fighting. Uh, the uh, I run every day when I'm not traveling and running through a park and shine one day past three people and uh, uh, said hello and then one of them shouted sir could, sir could I ask you a question and he said why are you running if a tiger is not chasing you <laughs> and running is thinking time and I really think a tiger has been chasing me my whole life it's a tiger that says one person doesn't make a difference, and it's a tiger that doesn't just chase me. I think it probably chases everyone who's listening to this program today, that one person doesn't make a difference. And uh, you just don't know. I think everyone's life is like a movie. And for some reason, Reed Lindsay you know, happened to pick me to be. But, but I think everyone's life is like a movie, and everyone is, has a tiger chasing them. And I, I just hope the people listening won't let that tiger ever catch them. Well, you keep on running in more ways than one. The film is set in 2014 during your race for the Senate seat in Wyoming, but you also ran for the House in Wyoming in 2016. And who knows what might happen in 2018? Yes, actually, uh, I got in the race very late in 2016. But uh, in the Democratic primary, we just campaigned for two months. And we end up with about 43% of the vote in that primary. Wow. So, um, yeah, so... We're, we're still moving, and uh, with 78 years of accumulated youth, uh, that means I'm a little bit younger than Bernie Sanders, who I think is about 75, 76. Uh, uh, so I have more youth accumulated than him, and we'll just see what happens. Well, Charlie Hardy, uh, Reed Lindsay, it's been great to have you in the studio this morning. Great to be here. And I hope a lot of people will be with us tonight. It would be fun. At the Film Center, Charlie Hardy is a one-time priest and persistent political activist and candidate. Reed Lindsay is the director of the new documentary, Charlie vs. Goliath. Uh, Once again, Reed, how can listeners find out more about this film? Um, Well, Charlie vs. Goliath, um, if you type that in, into the internet, you'll find it pretty easily. uh, There's a website, charlievsgoliath.com. Facebook page, Charlie V.S. Goliath, uh, that, um, and you'll find information about the film, also about the screening tonight um, at the Portland Art Museum. Right, uh, 7 p.m. at the Northwest Film Center. And you'll be uh, there for Q&A. I will be there. Charlie will be there. Be there. Award-winning cinematographer, journalist, Jan Hoffes will be there. And we're also privileged to have uh, the participation of a lot of grassroots groups here in Portland that are going to uh, be there and hopefully be participating in the uh, post-screening discussion. Well, thanks again, gentlemen. Well, thank you. Thank you. It was fun being here. Okay, that about wraps it up for this month's edition of The Film Show on KPU. I'm SW Conser. Uh, before I go, a quick shout-out to Gwen Callahan at the HP Lovecraft Film Festival. Gwen will be bringing the festival back to the Hollywood Theater once again this Halloween season on the weekend of October 6th through the 8th. Thanks to our guests today, Don Smallman, Reed Lindsay, and Charlie Hardy. And thanks, as always, to the Oregon Media Production Association for their support and collaboration. Thanks to all our listeners on the radio dial and on the web. The audio for this show will be available later today on our archive page, kboo.fm slash thefilmshow. And you can keep up with us on Twitter at kboofilmshow. 
Before we go today, we want to make sure that you, the listener, have an opportunity to become a member of KBU today and take home one of the fabulous thank you gifts that have been donated especially for fans of the film show. And here are my friends Lynn and Ani with all the details. Uh, hello, you two. How's everything going on this final day of the fall membership drive? Hi, things are just moving right along. We have one pair left for the Eco Film Festival tonight for our first daughter of um, Black Snake, uh, Winona Dukes. Um, uh, f- the film about Winona Duke it is we have one pair left. It's a sixty dollar. Yes, it it, yeah, we would love to love, have love, your love, love, contribution. Love, love, love. Uh, here at KBU, your membership for $60, that's $5 a month. Uh, when you do that, you know you're doing a lot to sustain KBU and calling 877-500-5266 for doing that. And we'd love to thank you, yes, with a pair of tickets for tonight's screening. Or also, we also have one pair of tickets for tonight's screening of Charlie versus Goliath. And you just heard uh, SW Concert talk about that film. Uh, we also have... A pass for the Filmmakers Festival at the Northwest uh, Northwest Film Center, and that uh, could be yours uh, when you contribute at say a ten dollar a month or one hundred and twenty dollars to sustain us for a full year. We would love to thank you with any of these items, but you have to do the first part, and that is calling eight seven seven. Five zero zero five two six six, and we know you can do that. Or you can go on kboo.fm to get these amazing things. That's one pair left for the Eco Film Festival tonight. Um, uh, First daughter and Black Snake. Uh, and then, uh, if you were listening to this really interesting interview about Charlie versus Goliath, that is, as they say, so kabu. It is this is this someone bucking the system in Wyoming of all places, the land of Cheney. So one pair of tickets for that, sixty dollar minimum donation at for the and it's at the Northwest Film Study Center. Charlie versus Goliath. It sounds just fascinating. And one pass to the north for the whole thing, Northwest Filmmakers Festival, which will be running um, November first through the fifth at. Um, um, I'm presuming the Witzel Auditorium, but that is a $120 minimum donation. That can be 10 bucks a month. Easy peasy, folks. But you got to call 877-500-5266 and, re- re- and um, support this kind of show where you actually hear about local filmmaking because the yeah. local filmmaking scene is huge. 877-500-5266. KBU is your community connection. You listen to KBU to find out what's happening in the local film scene, in the local comic scene, in the local uh, organizing and activism scene, in the literary scene, because this area is full of creative people who are making the world a better place through their art, through their passion, through their words, through their ideas. And you are a part of this. You are uh, a very important part. When you become a KBU member, you become one of our grassroots supporters. You become a part of our backbone and you support your entire community with your contribution. Each person does what they can and each contribution is significant. Please do call and act in concert with your neighbors and friends and family and community members from around Cascadia and the world. Call us now at 877-500-5266 with your monthly contribution. Go ahead and figure out what you can budget. I'm going to go ahead and ask you to say $10 a month. 
budget $10 a month to support your entire community. Think about what you can get in general for 10 bucks, and then think about the value of supporting your community, making us stronger together, making sure that you are doing your part to support independent arts, culture, politics, activism, ideas, that you are supporting a training program for volunteers to come from our community and to learn how to be the media. That's what your $10 a month gets you. And we would love to thank you with uh, passes to films tonight or throughout the uh, Echo Film Festival. We would also love to, uh, to thank you with this pass for the Filmmakers Festival. You just have to make that call at 877-500-5266. We are here for you and we do this every day, live, local, radio, in your ear. And right now, we know that you are there for us, picking up your phone and being moved to call 877-500-5266. Absolutely. Or go to kboo.fm and be entered in our drawing, which is five free visit prepaid punch cards for Game Net Lounge, a $50 gift certificate, a tasting experience for four people and more from the New Deal Distillery, four passes for movies and snacks from the Hollywood Theater, and a $25 gift, gift certificate to Pacific Pie. Call 877-500-5266. Do it now. It's the last day, folks. No more time for, for procrastinating. That's right. Your procrastination card is up. This is your moment. Your time to shine. Step forward to your KBU community membership and become an active participant in your community radio station. Give us a call at 877-500-5266. And now we're ready for some music with DJ Charlie in the World Beat Connection.